Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Do we got any business to cover? I don't think we have any biz to talk yeah. about. You're using that showbiz language. I right am. There. Show that, business language. That's what we do here in the end. <laughs> no business to talk about, but we do once again have fan mail we want to read on a little segment we call Kenny Gmail. This week's Kenny Gmail comes to us from Hallie Horan at Hotmail.com. In reference to our Cranberries, no need to argue. Oh, great episode. My wife was on that episode. Yeah, she did awesome. Yeah, she really did. And so Hallie writes, it seems as though you relied on the video to make your point. You obviously know what you're talking about. Why waste your intelligence on just posting videos to your blog when you could be giving us something enlightening to read? Hmm. I don't mean to be disrespectful. Sure. Is Hallie blind? Oh, that's a really good question. And is she listening? (laughs) And she thinks they're videos? She thinks they're videos. Oh, that could very well be what's going on there. Yeah, I don't know. Did you guys get the Kenny Gmail that I sent you? Before I realized that you probably would never read it because it was an actual email about the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you're, he's always inviting people to, to send emails. And I'm like, all we do is the dumb ones. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> what was it? I think it was in reference to the Injustice for All. You guys have done some really good shows that I, frankly, was jealous to not be a part of and mm-hmm. listen to it. And I pretend that I'm there and I talk and then you interject. it doesn't comments. matter because nobody's <laughs> paying attention to me. That's pretty much what I do here, yeah. too. So. <laughs> You were talking about the lack of bass. And yeah. There was another show where that was lacking bass, and I wish that I had the email in front of me, but I just recommended that your next show, maybe you do The Doors. <laughs> it was sent in anger. Why were you angry? These guys are talking about bass again, and they don't respect it, and I'm going to be no, sassy. No, it's because I respect it. I was saying there needs to be more bass in the Injustice for All. I thought it was crap. Somebody went through <laughs> and remixed Injustice for All. It's like Injustice for Jason. I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. What if they did the whole like isolated bass on Injustice for All and it's just like an hour and 30 minutes of silence <laughs> on YouTube? <laughs> that's, be, that's a great idea. That's like a Lars troll. It would be like one like. It would be Lars Ulrich, <laughs> his account. Like, 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 like. I guess we should introduce this voice that's over here. He is my bass player. Rather, I should say I'm his drummer for many years. You're his Charlie Watts. I'll let him describe what he thinks I am. <laughs> I'm the Jason Newstead to his Lars. <laughs> put it that way. He is my birthday brother. Yes, nice. we are. We'll get into that. Friend of, gosh, 18 years. That's about right. This is Jerry Updike. Yeah. Thank yes. you, guys. Wonderful to be here. Like I said, I've been... Playing along at home, like the home edition, you know, yep. put the headphones on. and Your wife just hears you yelling comments from yeah. the other room. Yeah, yeah. She is very supportive of me coming on today. She's at home with the kids who are not in school today. That's right. So thank you. Today is also Veterans Day. That's right. I'm proud to say Jerry is a veteran. Very He's good. one of my favorite veterans. Thank you, That's guys. Awesome. Thank you for thank having you. me on Veterans Day to talk about You've Got a Good Love Coming. By Lee Greenwood, featuring, of course, God Bless the USA. So it's really fun for me to uh, to be here for that. I appreciate right. it. Do you play that every year? I play it every day. Oh, okay. <laughs> Should have known. <laughs> Jerry, do you want to talk about your time in the service? Well, I'm going to show my age here for a second. This was the 30th anniversary mm-hmm. of Operation Desert Storm, of which I reluctantly participated in. I was already in the Army at the time. That was an interesting thing to be a part of. And my favorite story about being over there, I was in a foxhole and we were guarding our little outpost, but it was just sort of like for show because we weren't engaging the enemy or whatever, but we would travel and set up and set up a little perimeter. I basically had to go to the bathroom really bad and my relief wasn't coming. And so I ended up having to 
Uh-oh. Relieve myself in this little tiny foxhole. Was anyone else in the foxhole with you at the time? I think it was another person, and I said, you go ahead and leave, and um, <laughs> you can go early. I'll just wait for the other people to come, you know? And I'm like holding it and holding it, and uh, I essentially was hunched over because there was a plywood roof on top of this little foxhole, you know? I had to build it up instead of digging down because you hit rock, so you had to like fill sandbags and build it up okay. and have some plywood on the top. I'll let the listener decide what I'm exactly talking about, but I used the bathroom and a little tiny yeah. foxhole, and right as they were coming in to take over and, and let me go, I was like just wrapping up, if you will, <laughs> and I just got the heck out of there, and I'm like, all right, you're good, go ahead, come on. Did you ever hear about it? Did they come after you? No. You know, again, it's, it's amazing. It's something that I think about every Veterans Day. <laughs> Operation Desert Stink. Yep. Okay, so since the cat's out of the bag, <laughs> you guys know what MREs are, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I had an empty MRE bag, and that was going to be my receptacle. And I missed. <laughs> and so then I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I had to improvise. That's what they taught you. That's, I had to yeah. go back to my training. I like the idea of a sergeant, drill sergeant yelling, now you're going to be in a foxhole, and you're going to have to take a yeah. You're going to have to eat that MRE quick because yeah. the relief's come. Like, just walking right. you through step by step. <laughs> it's going to be hard and compact because MREs will do that to you. <laughs> There's the blanket factory story that I know that Please you want to talk about. Well, that's it, okay. that's what I've been looking for. I know. I can tell. Time. I can't even tell. You probably know it better than me. I just remember we were talking one day about him serving in the Army. My expectations of Desert Storm, yeah. the Army in general, from books I've read, from... Movies. Media, yep. yeah. It's very glamorous. Yeah. And Jerry just said, yeah, pulling all night duty, guarding a blanket warehouse. <laughs> He's just like, what? I just died because the idea of him standing out there with a rifle and there's a warehouse just full of blankets. Full. Yeah, which also makes me think there's a pillow warehouse. Yeah, right. You know, pillow case. A toilet paper warehouse. <laughs> well, we were in the uh, the bedding district. Of, <laughs> somebody had to do it. But um, yeah. it was kind of like a Buckingham Palace kind of thing where you'd march and then stop and turn around and march back. You know, yeah. I took it very seriously. Whenever I think about it, which is more often than you would believe hmm. and laugh to myself, <laughs> I'm like, was he just joking? Did it just, was a quick quip? Yeah. But no, you're saying you really guarded a blanket warehouse. I'm saying that you may never know. Maybe in another 18 years, I'll tell you. I kind of like it that way. Yeah. Well, aside from Lee Greenwood, Jerry, what are we here to review today? We are here to review (laughs) Def Leppard's 1983 album, Pyromania. Jerry, what's your memory of Def Leppard Pyromania? The year was 1983 or four because this memory was when I was in the seventh grade at Marietta Junior High School in Marietta, Ohio. They would have a trip every year for seventh graders called the Ohio History Trip, where it was like an overnighter. You get on a charter bus and we just drove all around the state. And I remember sitting in the bus seat by the window with my Sony Walkman Mm -hmm. and I was listening to Foolin'. Even before we were going to do the show, I just... The song would come on the radio or whatever back when I listened to the radio, and it would just remind me of that trip. So it was a very timely, seventh grade, kind of 80s sort of memory for me. So the Ohio history trip, do you remember where you went? I remember a couple of places. That There's we where LeBron James is going to grow up. Right, right, right. <laughs> How old is LeBron James? He wouldn't have been born, right? That's where LeBron James is being conceived right now. <laughs> we went to a place called the Serpent Mound. It's an effigy mound. 
from the air, looking down on it, it looks like a big winding snake. Okay. But it's pretty big. And when you walk up on it, it just looks like a, 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 a hill, yeah. you know. 1,348 foot long, three foot high, prehistoric effigy. Prehistoric? Only three feet tall? Yeah. In my seventh grade memory, it was like 30 feet tall, you know. But yeah. So we did that. We went to uh, Three River Stadium. Is that in Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. Do um, any Wright Brothers stuff? Ohio loves the Wright Brothers. They do. And there's all those halls of fame. As an Ohioan, does it bother you that North Carolina is the first in-flight state and not Ohio? Well, that might have something to do with me changing my license plate this year. Oh, yeah? From first in-flight to... Lying jerks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just got a Sharpie and I just wrote over it. No, I changed it to In God We Trust. Okay. Because I'm not going to get into the whole first in flight nonsense. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll save that for another controversial Jeez. podcast. Okay, what thing I love about Jerry, I don't know what it is, but over the years we get into it about things such as no way. Arrested Development, which he's never seen. Okay, my favorite was iTunes versus Winamp. I was talking about that just the other day. Are you serious? Oh yeah, oh, I was venting at my son, <laughs> who is like cowering. <laughs> And in my mind, it's like your head is like superimposed yep. <laughs> over his head. And I'm like, and another thing, it's too bloated. And all I want to do is listen to music. I stand by that. You stand by that Winamp is better. Well, yeah, because, because if you want to listen to music on your computer, it's nice to just be able to find what you want to listen to. You press play and it starts playing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to choose between 50 options of buying a movie, subscribing to a podcast, and then there's no restrictions on. You can listen to this song for 30 seconds, but then you have to buy it. It's just a, it was just a giant pain. Here's what's great. His argument has evolved to the modern day iTunes. Yeah. We had this argument in like 2004 or five. You got to adjust. He watches the Apple release every right, time right. to see what changes are going to be made to iTunes so he can adjust his yeah. argument. I don't, I don't want to watch Ted Lasso. I want to listen to Ween. Are okay? you hate watching the new Apple releases? I'll just hate read somebody else watching it and just tweeting <laughs> yeah. it or something and yeah. they just can distill down the essence of my hate to just, you know, a few concise awesome. things. Now you have an iPhone. I do. Yeah. This is the... 2012 iPhone 6. Yep. I just got it. Do they have a Winamp app? No, <laughs> but I'm just using Spotify these days. Okay. I try to avoid iTunes, but all right. He asked me about this, <laughs> so this is his fault. Welcome to the family. Well, thank you. Yeah. Now when somebody likes a comment that I say in a thread, it'll just have a little like instead of Matt loved an image. Get I guess ready. I've trolled him sufficiently for the time <laughs> being. So he's got me worked up. My stomach is all acidy and I'm, you know, angry. Let's talk about music. Yeah. No, it's good. It's all good. All right, Lael. What's your memory of Def Leppard? So 1983 was a really good year. I mean, that's the year NC State won its last national championship in basketball. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I haven't heard that before 40, from any state 40 fan. years ago now. <laughs> Lorenzo Charles, baby. That's right. As we've talked many, many times before, I think this was an album that my older sister Jennifer yeah. had. Another album to chalk up to older siblings introducing us to. What about you, Matt? What's your memory of Def Leppard? Here's my memory, and this is my real memory. The reason I'm talking about this is uh, because when Jerry and I were texting, he said pyromania, okay. and I'm like, why not hysteria? Right. His experience as a 13-year-old is my experience with hysteria. I thought about that, too. Because we're birthday sure. buddies. We share Christmas Eve birthday, five years apart. And that's when the albums were separated by that much and yeah. everything. Yeah. And so he was 13, I was 13, so I'm going to play this while I talk about it. Here's my memory of this song and also my statement. This is the perfect skating rink song. Yeah, we like a 
Here's why. It's for the people who like to dance, it's got that rhythm, yeah. you know? It's got attitude. Sure. And so the, the guys who are like too old to be there, but that's their life, they're going super fast with the aggression. Yeah. yeah. It's talking about pour some sugar on me, so it's got this like sexual tension. Yep. And so I just remember like they played this at the skating rink and it was the best. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. I can imagine. I was like, okay, we're not doing hysteria, but by hell or high water, I'm gonna get pour some sugar on me on this. Nice. I was really hoping your movie memory was going to be my left foot. Well, I was thinking I wish that I'd saved the fugitive for this one. Oh, God. <laughs> Are we doing this? <laughs> I don't think we can. No, we can. We can. It's okay because it's not something he was born with. It was something he got because oh he was being gosh. a reckless driver. What, is that why? Was he reckless? Was he drunk? Was he drumming on the steering wheel? He, dri- he was driving a dumb European sports car too fast and was trying to pass somebody and just you Lost know, control. couldn't handle it. I'm surprised he didn't die from hypothermia out there wearing those Union Jack shorts and nothing else. <laughs> right? Because that's all I've ever seen yeah. him wear. So tell me, why do you hate hysteria? Being in junior high mm-hmm. and going to the skating rink, that's a legitimate reason to like the album. But I was a senior in yeah. high school, and that album had seven singles. It was like on the charts for like three years. Forever. Yeah. It's yeah. like a diamond status thing. Like, it is a huge album. Love Bites. <laughs> I just don't like that song, you know? And it's like, it's not really a love song, but it feels like a yeah. love song power ballad. One of the problems that I had with Def Leppard that was really highlighted on Hysteria was the background vocal when you play the intro to pour some sugar on me it's like the best worst example of it and that is a signature part of their sound yeah if it was just something that was here and there i could overlook it but the fact that it's sort of at the core of their sound Mm -hmm. and it's so prominent i just can't listen to it but pyromania it's there a little bit but it's not so ever present that it affects my liking of the album that makes sense and also just the way a band develops with a certain producer exactly it can become too much Mm -hmm. and from pyromania to hysteria it's an easy argument to say like they went overboard with the production oh i totally totally (laughs) totally smidge yeah but people ate it up man yeah they did, but then it kind of dropped off. You oh, know? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know what they did after that. That was about the time I was kind of getting on with life. I never really wondered, gosh, I wonder what Def Leppard's doing now, you know? I just... I think they did a concert in a Walmart parking lot in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Was it like, like for a grand opening? I don't even think it was for that. I mean, yeah, I think like, it was just not like... Even. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, was... It, it was for like coupon Tuesday or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure now it was probably 15 years or so, but it was recent enough where it was like, ooh. You feel bad for him. You yeah. start feeling sorry for these guys. Yeah. yeah. For real, though, we do want to get into Pyromania, so we're going to start at the beginning. It kicks off with Rock Rock Till You Drop. What was this like? Prog rock album? It feels like uh, Thin Lizzy to me, kind of. You um, know. 
they have that opening thing. It's almost like they have an idea for a song, but they can't make a whole song out of it. So they're like, well, we can just use this as an intro kind of thing, you know? And they do that a couple times. I just wish if it would have just started with that yeah. riff, because it's very ACDC-ish yeah. kind of a riff, kind of a yeah. raw, bluesy Even sort of riff. Even his singing is very yeah. ACDC. Exactly. Yeah. So... I wouldn't say this song holds up, you know, like I don't know if it came on, it would sound very dated and not really fit in, but I think it just shows maybe the Mutt Lang producer, he's like an ACDC producer. Right. You could hear ACDC doing this song yeah. better yeah. in terms of just that bluesy riff. It would yeah. be more bluesy. Dirtier. The vocals would be even more ACDC. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think that's their fault. A lot of these 80s bands have one or two guys that stand out musically Mm -hmm. and maybe just like the face of the band. I don't think that they really had that, but they had a pretty solid band laying a foundation of these songs and they're okay. Yeah. It just kind of feels like that in order to kick it up to try to stand out, they just really went heavy in the studio, you know, and like, let's add this, let's add that. You guys yell this and yell that. And I can't argue that it didn't work. I mean, because we're talking about them now and, and they had four singles that did really well and I mean you know it's, that's pretty good for an album and I wonder what they may have sounded like if they were just like in a garage trying to trying mm-hmm. to hammer it out you know and I kind of prefer that so let's talk about these two guitars so Stephen Clark before joining Def Leppard in 78 he was in a band called Electric Chicken that nice. played cover songs which Matt the first time I heard that I thought that sounds like one of Lael's high school bands Electric Chicken yeah I mean it's not too far off yeah, yeah. Funkadelic Chicken Funkadelic Chipmunks yeah. yep or Chipmunks that's right yep. so listeners one thing that we do that really kind of started to become revealed mm-hmm. as time went on is Matt Lael was in some bands with some pretty amazing names oh, Funkadelic yeah. Chicken Chipmunks dang it I keep saying it wrong <laughs> I pay a lot of attention to it. yeah them. you need to write these down <laughs> What else was there? Uh, technical difficulties. Yes. Troubleshooter. Yeah. I believe we mentioned safety. Yeah. Time. That was safety. a college, but still safety, yeah. which is a fart game. Mm-hmm. Still life. And yep. then another one I don't think I ever mentioned was oh. the heavy metal band Parasism. <laughs> Nice. Which, which you know, it's like it's like having That's seizures. That's actually the best name that you've had. And of course, in typical like late '80s, early '90s metal fashion, we had like a logo for Parasism where like the X came down below the rest of the name and mm-hmm. formed like a lightning bolt or, or something. There's an X in Parasism. Yeah. Uh, I think it's P A R O X. Like exorcism. I was thinking like sism, like uh, yeah, C I A. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. How long did this band last? Oh, months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which actually for a high school band yeah, that's is pretty that good. bad. And then yeah. again, parasism was me and my friend Stan on drums. Okay. And that was it. Yeah. Which was actually the same band lineup as Still Life. Okay. But, you know. <laughs> Just the two of you? Stan holding it down, man. That was our heavy metal phase, so we were like, we need a heavy metal name. Still Life is a little too artsy. Yeah. I think that might be all the band names at this point. Jerry, do you have any good bands, you know, growing up? No, I didn't start playing anything until after high school. Well, okay. I mean, I played trumpet and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I got a bass guitar in college had a crash course and playing bass and then was in a band in college called Saturated Fat. That's right. Yes. P-H-A-T. Oh. <laughs> was there some funk element to that? A little bit of a funk I'm element. I'm shocked. We had a write-up in the uh, Auburn Plainsman and a friend of mine who wrote for the Plainsman, he said we were a kinder, gentler Rage Against the Machine. Oh. And we actually covered Bulls on Parade, but that was one of the only covers that we did. Nice. That's really the only band other than, you know, Whale Watchers, Playing With You, and DuJour Presents. That's right. You were in DuJour Presents. That was a fun one with previous guest Matt Wood. Yep. Okay. Also lead singer of Whale Watchers, uh, but also the voice listeners of our theme song yes. from Medium Heat. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun because that was his wife and him. Mm-hmm. 
my wife and myself, two other folks. Yeah. But that was a fun band because it was spouses and, you know, we didn't have kids. And so we could just go practice and, yeah. and it was really neat. But I know you always loved to talk about saturated fat. You just yeah. thought that was so fun. Yeah. That's a good name. It's good, man. It was fun to just play live music in a house and have house parties. And we broke the floor at one of our house parties because nice. the people were jumping up and down and like the floor truss just, and it was like being on a wooden trampoline, you know, and then the power went out and yeah, man, it was pretty neat. All right. Stephen Clark got into Def Leppard. The other guitarist was Pete Willis in the band at this time, but then had a problem with alcohol. Mutt Lang kicked him out and they sent him back home with at first the idea that he might come back, but soon replaced by Phil Collin, who we all know from his work with Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> his solo album, No Jacket Required. Have you seen photos of Phil Collin now? Now? He's like 70 years old and could just kick the crap out of me. He's like been yeah. doing yoga. Phil for Collin, f- the guitarist for Def Leppard. Yeah, yeah. Not Another Day in, in Paradise. No, no, no. I, I could beat that guy up. <laughs> Phil Collin. He's like a karate guy or something. Yeah. He became vegan. He got into just complete healthy living. Well, he kind of looks like Johnny from Karate Kid anyway. <gasps> Yeah, Maybe he's saying, got a little bit of that Cobra yes. Kai vibe. And I bet he probably listens to Def Leppard, that character. Oh, Darn yeah. straight, he you does. Know he does. So they kick the alcoholic out, yeah. and they hire a vegan. That's not very 80s. Well, at the time, <laughs> he wasn't a vegan. At the time, he was just partying like crazy. Okay, okay. Yeah, he and Stephen Clark became known as the Terror Twins for their dueling guitar work, but oh, also yeah. for their <laughs> offstage antics with alcohol and partying. <laughs> There's a lot of dueling guitar bands that I can think of, and this ain't one of them. <laughs> when I saw footage of them playing, at times, Steven would play lead. Mm-hmm. He would jump in, and I didn't realize that he mm-hmm. ever did. Rick Savage on bass, not that impressive yeah. of bass work. What did you know, take on him? Nothing, really. I mean, the only real bass line of his that kind of stood out to me was um, Foolin'. Okay. Because it's like... <laughs> kind of has like a little mm-hmm. slide up. And then in the video of that, he's very prominently overacting yeah. the thing because that's like his moment you know like that's the right, thing right he's got to play everything else is just do 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 you know yeah. kind of <laughs> um. well that's one of my issues with this album the bass it's so low in the mix yeah. especially compared to the drums and I think it's because Mutt Lang wanted to have the drum sound so prominent that you had to diminish the space the bass is taken up yeah because that kick is insanely loud okay the whole drum set and i think it's really cool you know especially when we get into hysteria it's like huge drum sound that was mutt yeah. lang's thing but when i listen to this album you could barely hear the bass it's a real mid-rangey yeah kind of digital it sounds like someone's just hammering on a crappy yeah. keyboard you know not, not bassy good. at all see i'm a fan of bass dude i appreciate it. For it thank you let's keep moving next song photograph Too much. You're the only one I want to 
He's a simplistic drummer. Very. They're all very simplistic. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. No. no. Not that they're not good, but I tend to like those kinds of bands. But I like them if someone's not trying to make them into something else. You mm-hmm. know? I so. wonder if that was Mutt pushing them in the direction or if it was just a good fit. Because he did that with ACDC. I wonder if he produces them to be really strip it all down. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, this song, number one on the Billboard Top Tracks chart for six weeks, kicked off the album. In 2009, it was named the 13th greatest hard rock song of all time by VH1. Photograph? Photograph. Wow. Interesting. They say that Photograph is a better hard rock song than Run to the Hills. They, okay. Tom VH1. Sawyer. What? Oh. oh, now we're... You Give Love a Bad Name, well. which I disagree with. Cashmere. In fact, Cashmere is the highest... No, Zeppelin, a whole lot of love is number three. What publication was this? VH1. I'm not... Okay. Yeah. I won't give it too much credit. In like 2003 or whenever this came out. 100 Greatest Songs of the Past 25 Years. Number 17. That's according just... According to VH1. Photograph. Wow. No. <laughs> That's just not right. They said it's better than You Shook Me All Night Long. What? With or without you, <laughs> living on a prayer, VH1. Stairway to Heaven, <laughs> born in the USA. You're drunk, Jeez. VH1. Yeah, I'm kidding. But I was shocked that it had it's that not, sort of yeah. reception, that cachet. Yeah, it's my least favorite of the singles. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which you know, I, I don't, I don't want that <laughs> song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? Uh, what's track next number song? four. Too late for love. Yep. I hear that wind, Ooh. that sound effect. It's Mutt Lang. It is Mutt Lang. <laughs> what if it was just Mutt Lang sitting in front of a live mic, just... <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then he digitizes it to make yeah. it sound like wind. Oh, yeah. I did that on purpose. I'm, I'm Mutt Lang. <laughs> what does it mean to be too late for love? I don't know. I read the lyrics, as I'm sure you guys did, mm-hmm. and it seems to be a metaphorical, this woman and... I don't know if it's too late, like in her lifetime, right. or if she squandered her opportunities, or if it's just like it's eight thirty, and it's like, oh no, it's it's too it's late too for late love. love. Yeah, there's a cast of thousands waiting as she turns out the light, and it's too late for love. So it's like she's been used by a lot of people. It just mm-hmm. feels like her heart has been hardened. Yes, I think this song holds up. You guys talk about like what holds yeah. up and what yeah. doesn't. 
I think that this song is one of those ones that you could listen to it and while you're driving around, and yeah. I wouldn't change the station if anybody listened to the radio anymore. It's mm-hmm. good songwriting. Except for the opening line. He's not really painting a picture that I can really identify with, you know, yeah. like you hear the bells ringing and then the kids start singing. It's like... That didn't happen in Ohio growing up? No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the bells ringing. Every night at yeah, sundown. Yeah. All right, hold on. I'll be back. Oh, gotta go and sing. <laughs> I don't know. And maybe it's a Sheffield thing. They're employing like punk vocals where they're Chain call and response or chant or something, you know, like that. And they're playing like some heavy driving beat, but they put it all together to become Def Leppard. And this seems like one where it works. Yeah. To me, it's almost like their way of swimming in like the heavy metal imagery pool while also being this pop-oriented band. It's like they couldn't decide what they were. We'll be in the same conversation as like the Iron Maidens and the Dawkins of the world. But yeah, we're also Bon Jovi. I saw someone describe them as a party band, not so much a hair metal band mm-hmm. or a heavy metal band or glam metal or whatever. They were just kind of like a party band. And then when I think party band of that time frame, I think of like Poison, which really annoys me. I do not like Poison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They definitely were a party band. I mean, the opening track is like a party band song, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. But, but they're not a heavy metal band. Like, you know, Ozzy would have like a guitarist always that was just awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I was reading about the, the album cover for this mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just, you know, skyscraper on fire, which was probably a little problematic a little bit later. <laughs> they didn't want it to be every other hard rock, heavy metal album of that era, which was dragons and women on cars and right. things like that. So they're trying to be sort of outside the scope and outside the lanes of every other hard rock band of that time. Yeah. But then they'll sort of veer back in with women to the left, women to the right. Yeah. And yeah. there's lyrical elements that are every 80s hard rock cliche mm-hmm. gets thrown into some of these songs. Mm-hmm. It's like an identity crisis for the band. Yeah. They had several directions in which they could have gone. With Mutt's guidance, they really leaned into that that sort of pop pocket. The pop hysteria. Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's what got them to hysteria. You know, yeah. they could have gone different directions. They yeah. had a couple different things they're playing with on this album. Mm-hmm. Right. So if they don't have the heavy metal or the 80s metal or, hair, or whatever genre you want to call it, if they yeah. don't have that cred... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then they can just point to all the diamond records on this studio wall saying, yeah. you know, well, we have that, you yeah. know, did they do that on purpose? Were they kind of reluctantly drawn into the overproduced mm-hmm. kind of genre, mm-hmm. which sells and will make you rich? Although they're not even playing in front of like a Costco, they're playing in front of a Walmart. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the album. I like the songs. I think that the band seems pretty cool. I, I wanted to come in and hate on them, but mm-hmm. I think that the more I read about them, I mean, they have had really low turnover in the band. If you yeah. look on Wikipedia and you see like former members, it's like three people and one of those three has died. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. I mean, even the way they waited on Rick Allen to get up to where he could play the drums again. Yeah. A lot of those songs on Hysteria were pretty much ready to go. Not right. that long after this. And so they waited it out and were patient with him. So it says a lot about the band. It honestly. does. That's actually a benefit and a positive thing about being in a band that's really not that musically outstanding. If Neil Peart, you know, <laughs> had gotten like a, an ingrown toenail or whatever, it would have like <laughs> delayed recording and we got to yeah. cancel the tour. <laughs> right. But he's like, hey, you miss an arm? I mean, you know, it's, it's we, fine. We, it's we can, fine. Work, we can yeah. work with that. Yeah, it's fine. It's he's good. like, what, you're going to rig up something where I use my feet to do it? No, you could just do what you do with one hand. You're not that good. Yeah, have you heard yourself? It also became a selling point. People were curious. Hey, that's the band that the, the drummer yeah. lost an arm. I wonder right. what they're going to sound like. And then they become huge. Skating rinks across Virginia. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it moving. We got f f f 
Lady Luck Never Smiles. Is he like just looking for like idioms that he's <laughs> quoting? Right. I have a little game here for you guys. I'm going to read a line and you tell me, is this Def Leppard or Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> okay. We'll start easy. Midnight, bright light shining from the sky. Def Leppard. I'm going to go Ben Franklin. Def Leppard. Yes. Damn it. All right. Lost time is never found again. Ben Franklin. I got to go Def Leppard. Ben Franklin. Yes. New America fell to the ground all the children crippled. Def Leppard. I'm going to go Ben Franklin. Def Leppard. <laughs> I didn't fail the test. I just found 100 ways to do it wrong. Ben Franklin. Def Leppard. Ben Franklin. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, we got to get you on, Jerry. No gains without pain. No gains without pain? Yep. So you're not going to go first this time. I'll let you go. Okay. Ben Franklin. Def Leppard. Ben Franklin. Yes! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I finally got the hang of this thing. Thanks for playing Def Leppard or Ben Franklin. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Back to the song we're talking about. It's a pretty decent chorus. A lot of times on this album, I think that some of the songs get to the chorus. We're not going to listen to any of those songs. Maybe this is why. Stage Fright's kind of yeah. a rocking yeah. Stage Fright's not bad. Then the chorus and then it gets to the of, chorus. Uh, this is a pretty good one. And this is my Ohio history jam this you know? is it. Yeah. this is the one now let me ask you 13 year old jerry hearing these lyrics is anybody out there anybody there does anybody wonder anybody care you know in that sort of time of life when yeah. there's emotions and you're growing up and becoming an individual and all that stuff did those reach out to you or was it mainly just like this song rocks i think that it was a little bit of both i think definitely uh Easy love is no easy ride for a 13-year-old, you know? And uh, just waking up from what we had <laughs> could stop good love from going bad. Yeah. That really spoke to Okay. Me. Honestly, I never knew half the lyrics for Rock of Ages, you know? This was just the music. We are running out of time, but we want to get to this next one. Oh, 
it's a good bluesy riff, but it's like so quiet at the beginning there. Mm-hmm. That's where you need to layer that guitar and pump it up some. I agree. The Gunter Glieben Glauchen Globen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I came across a little tidbit that said that they got tired of starting songs with like one, two, three, four. Yeah. I don't know if that is Mutt Lang's voice or it was his idea or whatever, but they did Gunter Glieben Glauchen Globen. And then the band just left it in. Left it in. Even well, to the video. I remember the video. Yeah. I, remember the, I remember the giant sword. Gigantic. 32 seconds in, you've got your typical 80s close-up of a butt shot. It's like a parody. Yeah. yeah. It's like, is this an, a commercial for the Illuminati? What is going <laughs> on here? It's all hidden in there. Yeah. Well, there was stuff hidden in there. Have you heard about this? No. In the midsection, there are backward vocals that say, F the Russians. Oh. And Brezhnev's got herpes. I love these guys more and more. <laughs> that is amazing. And it's more. so 80s. It's so man. 80s. 80s were all about those Russians. Man. When you went into the military, where they're like, we're here to do one thing and one thing only. Kill Ruskies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and basic when you're you in the cadence, you know, mm-hmm. and you run. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, Brezhnev's herpes going about You know, so we were doing that. So, <laughs> And herpes of all things. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's so 80s, too. Oh, it should have been crabs. Really crabs is. would have been they really 80s. Been. But they're British. Well, they've got their own brand of patriotism on display here, you know. Clearly. That's true. My middle kid's name is Britain. Spelled like Great Britain. And so we have a giant painted Union Jack in her room. Just you love Def Leppard. Ever since we put that up, I still think of Rick Allen's tidy whities <laughs> every time I look at that. You guys should do your family picture one day, like the Def Leppard photo of all of them wearing, all the them Union, wearing Jack. Union Jack. Rick kept wearing it because I kept messing with him. All right, everybody. We're, we're all going to wear the Union Jack yeah, this time. Sucker. But we're just going with our just a short underwear. Only. Yeah. And Rick's like, you sure? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gunter Gleeben. He's like, what? What? <laughs> Dang it, He's guys. that cowbell. Yeah. Every time. All right, a lot more we could say, but now's the time. If you had to remove a song, which one would it be? And so what's Def Leppard going to do? Rick Allen is going to take you for a joyride. Uh, if you don't pick one song. I don't want any part of that. To remove from the album. All right, Lael, let's start with you. What would it be? I came into it really knowing those four or five songs really well. So maybe it was nostalgia, you know, again, having had my sister play in this album some. It's actually harder than I thought it would be to remove a song. But for me, it was Billy's Got a Gun. <laughs> I feel like Action Not Words is a pretty good rocking tune. And in the album on that, it's not a bad way to close out. Mm -hmm. I think that I would remove Die Hard the Hunter. really long it's not really going anywhere and it just seemed like a filler song and sometimes it's hard to pick a song to remove from an album because they're all so good yeah Mm -hmm. and this one i think it was kind of the opposite it was like so many songs to remove (laughs) (laughs) because it stands on the foundation of four or five songs yeah and so that leaves four or five songs to remove die hard the hunter yeah Yeah. what about you matt okay what that shows me that you don't want the narrative you don't want the parable those are the two parable songs. You want women to the left and women to the right. <laughs> right. I don't know if it was that Clark died and he wrote so many of these songs and I just felt for what he was trying to do mm-hmm. with those songs. I couldn't take those off. So instead, I took off Coming Under Fire. Is 
yeah. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't love that one. Yeah. All right, finest work fans. One thing that we do each time is try and come up with a senior quote. You've got your yearbook, you've got your picture, and often you'll be able to put a quote under there as a senior only, and it represents the journey that you've been on or where you're headed. Matt, let's start with you. What would your senior quote be? Kind of struggle. Do I go with like the medieval themed kind of quotes or mm-hmm. do I go with the masochistic quotes? And, and I <laughs> kind of wanted to split the difference a little bit there. If I was going to have a lyric from this album underneath my senior yearbook photo, it would be, what do you want? I want rock and roll. Yes, I do. There you go. From Rock of Ages. Mm-hmm. That's strong. Yeah, that is strong. What about you, Jerry? I think my senior quote would be, I'm sick and tired of the damn TV. Opening line from Action Not Words. Okay. Because I was a curmudgeon even as a teenager. (laughs) So that's not even as much a statement against society? No. Turn down the music. You know, put on a jacket. It's cold. I'm sick and tired of the damn TV. Have your boys caught on to your curmudgeonness? Are they like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they're adjusting well. My senior quote would be, I see your face every time I dream. Because then people would be like, whoa, did he have a crush? And every person that read that 40 years later would be like, who is he talking about? And it would be just a complete troll. I just like the element of mystery. I like leaving people with mystery. Kind of like the blanket factory. (laughs) Yep. Will I ever know? I don't think you will. Jerry, really appreciate you coming on. This has been a lot of fun to talk about Def Leppard and Pyromania, so appreciate you being here. As always, we, we love engaging with our listeners on social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram at Finest Work Songs or on Facebook. And uh, be sure to check out our website, finestworksongs.com, and keep those Kenny Gmails coming, finestworksongs at gmail.com. And in honor of Jerry and all veterans, we're going to take you out with Lee Greenwood. On your feet, everybody. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music. <laughs>